Before we begin today's episode, we have to give our patrons over at Patreon a quick shout-out. And we have Paul Campaneshi, Zach Duran, Aperba, Lauren L, Eric Sari, Andy Herbrandt, Rock the Green, Nate Hanson from Hanson Screen Printing, and Kelby Goodman. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on, all the music you support, all the beer you, local beer you support, and of course, keeping our servers going. This is a hobby, and we really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the Dairy State. We, uh, of course, as always, are your hosts. I am Eric. And I'm Russ. And uh, today we are discussing a Wisconsin landmark uh, and uh, really, really cool fucking cave, man. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, one of the coolest tourist attractions that we have in our state. Uh, we are talking about Cave of the Mounds. And uh, we also have really great Wisconsin music from Cabin Essence uh, and another beer review. Of course, we have another edition of How Many Locals Wet? Yeah. And we got a cool interview with Rachel coming up, which gonna is going to be funny because it's going to be nice to hear her perspective on how she deals with my bullshit and yeah, hear yeah. about the farm and stuff, too. So. This will be the first time that you're hearing uh, from uh, either one of our spouses. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, <laughs> Andrea's never been on and uh, Rachel's never been on. So You guys get be, to hear about all the bullshit she deals with. This will be special <laughs> as hell, man. Yeah. Uh, maybe she'll tell the story of that time I built that huge man-sized uh, life. No, not life-sized. I, I built a oh, huge the snow dick, dick on your fucking That snow your dick, porch. that was huge, man. That wasn't life-size. That was like a full it human. It was a five-footer, man. It was a five-foot cock yeah. on my porch. So, uh, hey, we definitely have some really cool uh, uh, stuff going on in today's episode. Uh, hey, if you have a few moments and you can swing by Spotify or Apple, uh, definitely leave us a review if you could. Uh, Five-star would be great. It really helps out the algorithm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so nice because like if, you look, if you're listening to a podcast, let's say a history podcast, and yeah. uh, all of a sudden ours has like, you know, 50 reviews, it's going to pop up as one of the popular ones to listen to, yeah. which would be great. I mean, it just get us a lot of new listeners, and we really appreciate you taking just a few moments of your time to go and do that. We really appreciate it, honestly. And it really would help too, you know, obviously uh, we... As an independent uh, and small podcast, uh, it, it's it's something that you know we really really uh, could benefit from. Uh, hey, and also if you could go check out WisconsinDrunkenHistory.com. Yeah, baby. You can find out how to be uh, a supporter through Patreon. You can find out uh, uh, how to buy our merch with the logos and the stuff. And um, I, I mean, I'm not much of a salesman, right? But I do think, you know, like if you're going to Starbucks once a day for that one day of Starbucks, you can support our podcast for a month. And we would really yeah. appreciate it. Honestly, like you, you don't even understand how much we really appreciate the people that do give us money. Like we really do here. Like we pull it together. We buy a music. We buy local beer. We literally pay our servers off. You know, when we go on our little trips, that's what we use for our gas money. Yeah. So we really do appreciate every single dollar we get on this podcast. Yeah. It and goes, it's used. I was just going to say, it goes to uh, all the things that we're talking about. It does about. not go to us, just so you know. It, it yeah. really does not. It goes to other people and local businesses, to be honest, like Maddie's. 
Yeah. Like it goes to beer, it goes to getting food. Anything that we really like, do to 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 turn this uh, podcast every single month, you know, uh, Russ and I get together roughly two to three times a month. Uh, and in, in order to do that, there's a lot that goes into it. And, and and honestly, to be honest with you guys, we're like, like negative in the hole. Like we've literally, because oh, like yeah. we're like way in the hole to be honest. And yeah. like, it's not even a big deal. Like this is more of a hobby for us, but the money you do give us does help us keep this thing going. Yeah. And we really appreciate you guys. And thank you so much for listening. It's almost been two years now. It's we are approaching. Insane. We are approaching. So this is obviously episode 99. Uh, episode 100 will be out in a week and guess what it's going to be special and cool and uh, we cannot wait to be able to, to written by uh, our co-host Eric here actually yeah. which is great and yeah you know what another thing like I just want to say this too because money's like not our thing right we don't like money we're not salespeople. I hate money me too <laughs> but uh, you know what if you can't afford any of that stuff um, you can't afford a t-shirt you can't afford you know the, the, the Patreon please just tell a friend I mean, it's the freest way to like support this little podcast that we have going here. And we really appreciate all the listeners overseas and here domestically in America. We love all you guys. And as always, we say at the end of the show, watch out for deer on your way home. It's our little way to say we love you guys. So thank you so much. Let's go ahead and jump in. What what the fuck is Cave of the Mounds? All right. So So, Cave of the Mounds. Yeah. So before we begin learning, uh, we have to learn a few quick terms just to understand caves themselves. Okay. So put on your thick flame (laughs) grip. Flame flame grasses, yeah. yeah. So your frame glasses. <laughs> and let's begin to get a little science EE in the most immature fashion, the way we do things here at the uh, Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. Because let's face it, we don't really take things a lot, very seriously. No. Yeah, well. So first, we need to know the difference between the two types of cave, c- cave rocks or, or cocks. Cave hard rocks. Cave, cave cocks, stalactites and stalagmites. And stalactites are the cave boners, a.k.a. the the ones dangling from the ceiling. So they're ones, the droopy dogs. Yeah. They're like when you're not very excited. Yeah, you just got to hang upside down. <laughs> and so the ones, so they are the stalactites who are dangling down from the ceiling, and stalagmites are the rigid wangs from the ground, a.k.a. the excited phallic guys. The, the really hard, rigid dudes that are just like, yeah, baby. So mighty. Coming up to the sky with a hard boner there, bud. Yo. And they come in many different colors, including reds, browns, blues, and grays. And actually, some of them contain um, iron oxide. And if you actually were to spray like aluminol on them, because they are the similar to blood, which actually contains iron oxide, they will illuminate in black light, which is pretty wow. cool. Yeah. Kind of nerdy, but some of the rocks can also become uh, partially luminescent and absorb light and give off their own light for a brief period after being exposed, which is really neat. And some of the weird formosions weird formations that can occur in caves are uh helist i think it's helectites helicites i think it's helicites or helectites yeah which are actually stalactites um which form a bent boner that seem to defy gravity and grow at an angle nice a little 90 degree action yeah so they come down from the ceiling and uh, have a little bend in them and actually like it's pretty neat that something can happen like that which is really weird honestly but yeah and then oolites or the balls or nutsacks of the stalagmites and uh, which form a dome or often referred to as a cave pearl. So the spherical boys um, actually form when a droplet of water falls onto sand and the calcite actually forms around the sand. Wow. Like kind of like if you ever see like a, um, a pearl, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. So it kind yeah. of like forms around and makes a spherical object. Yeah. And there are other ones, but I, I, I already I went a bit too nerdy, I think, for you guys. So I don't really want to get too crazy, but these were the kind of the ones I had on my list I wanted to focus on. Nerdy and dirty. Because Cave of the Mounds has a lot of these cocks. 
So the cave is mostly formed uh, from limestone and began forming about 448 million years ago during the uh, Ordovician period, I believe is how you say it. I think it's Ordovician yeah. period. And during this period, most of the area, including Wisconsin, was actually covered in a warm and shallow sea. And after millions of years, all the dead critters, including the shells, which were constructed of calcium carbonate, started to accumulate on the seafloor, which eventually went on to create limestone in large quantities. And if you're going to dig in your yard here, the bedrock here is actually limestone. I think you guys are limestone as well. Yeah. So the type of limestone we're actually focusing on today is actually called galena dolomite due to its large concentration of lead ore, galena. And actually where galena gets its name, because obviously we talked about the mining episode, remember? So galena is actually part of that mining western Wisconsin kind of feel, the badger miners, whatever. Right, 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 exactly. And due to a large crack in the surface of the rock and allowing rainwater to seep down into it, it starts to wear out and wear out the inside slowly. This ass crack in Earth's surface is known (laughs) as the cave's lifeline is the technical term. Oh, the old ass crack. It's not an ass crack. It's actually a lifeline is a true terminology for oh. it. But here at WDH, it's an ass crack, right? It's Earth's, <laughs> it's Earth's cheeks. So in the air and water, when the air and water combines with carbon dioxide and forms a weak carbonic acid, it slowly actually carves out the inside of the cave over time. And this takes a very, very long time. And once the water table did lower, after many years, it would leave a cave hollow. And this process of making the stalactites and stalagmites is actually 50 to 150 years to form roughly a cubic inch of the material of the cave rock, which is just incredible. God, that is incredible. I know, right? The stuff that you're seeing there now is just because of how large old. They are. I know, old right? Old as shit. So enough science shit. Let's talk about the cave of the mounds. The name of the the name comes from Blue Mounds, which has been in a Wisconsin landmark feature: the West Blue Mound and the East Blue Mound. The West Mound is the highest point in southern Wisconsin at 1,716 feet, and the East reaches about 1,489 feet, and the East in the, the East Mound is where the actual cave lies beneath it. Wow. Yeah, pretty neat. And the West Mound is and is actually still pretty cool, and uh, it actually is a location of the state park we know as Blue Mound State Park. And this state park actually offers 20 miles of hiking trails, a pool to swim, off-road biking trails, campsites, and offers spectacular views and geological features that can be viewed from the trails. Besides the Cave of the Mounds, the East Mound also allows you to hike and camp at what is called Brigham County Park, named after Ebenezer Brigham, a successful lead miner who became Dane County's first permanent resident, white settler, in the area in 1828. Mm-hmm. He traveled up the Mississippi to join the Wisconsin lead rush in the 1820s, where he established his diggings and built a smelter furnace and house just north of where the cave would be discovered over 100 years later. His house became a trading post, an inn, stagecoach stop, and Dane County's first post office. And Colonel Brigham helped build and later commanded Fort Blue Mounds during the Black Hawk War in 1832. And we do want to do an episode on the Black Hawk War, and I've been putting that together. There's a lot of information about it, so I want to make sure we cover it 100%, right? Yeah, definitely do it justice, you know? Yeah. So Ebenezer lived a life, a long life on his Brigham farm and never realized that the greater discovery that lay beneath the surface of the farm itself. The cave was discovered on August 4th of 1939, actually by accident, when workers were removing a high-quality limestone from the Brigham Farm and blasted into the cave. The blast ripped a large hole off the quarry and revealed a massive underground cavern. It revealed a cavern that was more than 20 foot high at the opening, 
and led into other rooms and galleries, all containing the formations we discussed earlier. And due to the excitement of discovery, many curiosity seekers went into the cave and stole many of the formations. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, when you have something that exciting, people are going to rush Bunch in, of right? dickheads. You stop taking my cave cocks. Yeah. Get <laughs> Leave out my of cave here. cocks alone, eh? Leave my hard rocks. In order to preserve the cave's content, it had to be closed immediately in order to preserve the geological feature. And soon after, lights and wooden walkways and lights were installed within the cave. And in May of 1940, the Cave of the Mounds would open to visitors and would become one of the most amazing geological features to come and visit. And over 59,000 people came within the first eight weeks of the site opening. And millions would soon follow over the years. Eventually, the wooden walkways were to be replaced with concrete, which you're going to see today, and a large stone building that replaced the original entry building and theological, the, theatrical lights have been installed to dramatize the color and shapes within the cave. Right. And I remember there's a stop inside the cave where they actually show you the luminol thing yeah. with, the, uh, with the iron oxide, right, which right. is really cool because it actually shows the illumination. It's like a crime scene, right? Like it is, Basically yeah. how the cops do it. Just glows of blue. Spray you know? some luminol and you're going to see some shit. And today, it has many other things at the site, including a picnic area, souvenir shop, rock gardens, visitor center, and in 1988, would actually be designated as a national natural landmark. In 2020, they celebrated 80 years of being open, and it's your must-stop on the Wisconsin list of things to do. And Eric, have you ever been to Cave of the Mounds? I sure have, yeah. Yeah, it's a One neat... The, really cool, isn't really it? Really neat, yeah. I was younger, but, uh, you know, the, the, the actual... Uh, landmark itself is just so incredible and then when you find out that uh you know in order to create even just a a small you know micrometer of of the stuff that you see takes 50 to 150 years it just puts in perspective how long it took to to form this thing naturally right a cubic inch 150 years it's crazy it's just insane when it comes to like human timeline right because we only live 70 years, 80 years, right, you know, exactly. yeah. so it's pretty impressive in our lifetime. You know, that, that thing wasn't, uh, formed, you know, and, and you know, how, how long has it been going? Yeah. It and just, it continues to go. I mean, it, obviously there's still drips in the cavern, so they're still forming exactly. slowly. Yeah. So it's like, uh, just a kind of a trippy idea of, of, you know, what, what exactly happened and, and how long has it been happening? And, uh, if you have that curiosity, uh, you're going to, you're going to really, really find this thing fascinating. Uh, even if you don't, obviously, it's still yeah, going to be a fascinating Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're really in the geology or even just tourist seeker, you know? Right. And uh, we will. So if you guys don't follow us already, you got to check out our Instagram yeah. or our Facebook because we are going to post some personal photos along yeah. with episode photos as well. And uh, if you guys have photos, if you guys in the Cave of the Mounds, we'd love to see yeah. them too. Obviously, we love Wisconsin, so anything we can do, we l we'll share your photos. We love that I stuff. I was just going to say, tag us in there too. Uh, we have many users who are uh, already actively tagging us in certain things that they think that we'll find uh, some enjoyment or find it fascinating. And, and so, uh, uh, hey, if you have a picture from one of these landmarks or cool roadside attractions or you know, uh, uh, definitely cool, like County stop or something like that. Tag us in there because, uh, it gives us an idea of, of, you know, obviously that you're a fan and you're listening. And then also, uh, just how much, uh, how much cool stuff that uh, you guys get to go and enjoy. Yeah. And, and you know, if you're in that like Eastern Southeastern part of the state, there's so much cool stuff. I mean, if you're a yeah. Frank Lloyd Wright fan, you're in heaven. Oh yeah, absolutely. and we're gonna we're definitely gonna cover that. that spring as well. green areas, gnarly. Yeah. You're gonna, we're gonna cover a lot of cool things like House on the Rock. Uh, yeah. There was actually a murder at the Taliesin. A lot of people don't know about it. It's kind of um, 
a weird piece of history in Wisconsin. Yeah. Frank Lloyd Wright, we still got to cover him. We've been yeah. talking about that, but when you summarize something like that, there's just so much information. Big, and I've been, I've really been working on it slowly because you got to have that 10,000 foot view. You can't really do a yeah. three hour lecture on Frank Lloyd Wright, right? Like there's classes devoted to his architecture and him himself. Yeah, and, and we like to deliver our own uh, perspective of it. You know, like, uh, uh, again, the show is called Wisconsin Drunken History. I don't think anybody's listening in here to 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 become a, a history major, right? Uh, and and if we do have history majors listening, uh, try to remember that uh, you know we're also having uh, a few libations while we're doing this and yeah, and it, enjoying ourselves. And we've know. had people question our um our air our like our resources. So we've always had the we supply them. If you do want them, we do keep them. I keep yeah. them all. Um, we had one um when it was one of our episodes, he was kind of frustrated with us, but I guess the article I used was a little outdated. Oh, sure. And I did not realize that. And so I think was, we, we covered that well a few weeks later. Yes, we did. We, Luckily you know. we had them come back on the show and talk more about it. Cause my sources were a little outdated and um, people actually commented like, Hey, this isn't true. Yeah. Which we did correct. And we actually had somebody come on and correct it, which was really good. We had a historian come on and correct that information. So we are trying to do our best here, and uh, obviously with the number of episodes we've done at this point, yeah. it's a lot. Right? Yeah. I mean, each week we end up writing these, me and Eric, yeah. and uh, sometimes they come in last minute. Sometimes I have to rush, and I go to the library and have to read 10 chapters at one night. Yeah. Like you're gonna, There's an episode coming up where it's like, I read 10 chapters thanks to uh, Badgerland Legends. Shout out, guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, we really hope you enjoy this episode and I really hope you guys get a chance to check out Cave of the Mounds and uh, just let us know what you think. And uh, yeah. we hope you can send us some pictures as well. All right. So we have our music segment here. Uh, a really great band, really chill. Uh, Cabin Essence is the name. Uh, and, and Russ, this came from... Uh, a, actually, a, a Beach, Beach Boys, Boys song, right? Cabin Essence, kind of the moniker from the song, actually. Yeah. So Cabin Essence is all one word. It's kind of combined in one word right, when right, it came right. to the Beach Boys. But you can kind of, I'm pretty sure that's where they got their name from. And uh, Nick Moss, who is kind of the producer of the music, yeah, like, just pretty much phenomenal. Guy, you know? And yeah, it kind of reminds me of like that chill wave type music where you got like kind of Very. that like shins kind of, I guess would be a real estate, yeah, yeah. real estate a little bit, kind of that really chill yeah. sound to it. I love this stuff. Very good alternative. Uh, it's poppy too, a little bit, but like, you know, definitely that chill alternative kind of feel to it. And, uh, right in and, backyard, and Milwaukee. I was just going to say, obviously Milwaukee, Wisconsin, really producing some, uh, amazing music. And, uh, uh, the the song that we decided we decided on was uh, for your love, and uh, it's definitely just a really good tune. It's just a great song to have on a Sunday. Smooth vocals, yeah. just kind of chilling you out during the day. You got to work tomorrow, so just listen to this and just enjoy. Exactly, you know? yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and launch in uh, Cabin Essence for your love.
All right. Cabin Essence as it finishes out here and fades out. That was For Your Love. Uh, just a really cool, chill song, as we already said. Uh, really great musicianship. Uh, Nick Moss really shows his way around, uh, I think, most of those instruments. Yeah. I think. Uh, and, uh, again, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. I mean, it's just amazing music. I mean, me and you are massive Beach Boys fans. Brian Wilson yeah. is amazing. Pet Sounds, that whole album front to back. Right. And, like, Cabin Essence, like, that just, it's Wisconsin all through and through, right? You in know? My Room, I think is, you know, just one, In My Room, and then, like. Just incredible uh, stuff, man. I mean, like, um, it's cool that he took the name of Cabin Essence, the song, which yeah. is just amazing. And. I think he does. Th- the music's just amazing. Like I can't believe you found this. Yeah, like, it's just unbelievable. Again, you know, I'm just I'm just out there uh, checking out the local scene, man. Uh, uh, checking out, um, uh, definitely checking out uh, the, the different locations that have local music and and put on those concerts, uh, X Ray Arcade and Cactus Club and stuff. That's really where I'm getting the ideas from. So, um, and then hey. Continue to send in if you have any different band suggestions. But let's move on to our brew review. Oh, man, do we got a good one today. Yeah, this is um, good. Yeah. So, Eric, this one's from the Brewing Project. And mm-hmm. you, where did you find this one? This one was at festival. Is that where you found this one? Well, no, not really. Uh, so Brewing Project is, is one of those ones that you every once in a while you can find it. Um, but uh, sometimes I have my best luck. At uh, um, Total Wine. Total Wine. Okay. That's I've, like the, the thing that so I get the best. I'm pretty sure I've seen this one at um, Festival by me, at least. Potentially, And that's where yeah, I yeah. thought, that's yep. where you got this one from. Um, yeah, this one is just amazing. Okay, so this one coming in at 7.7% ABV. Um, it's an IPA milkshake. And um, it definitely is amazing. I mean, I, I can't say these enough. Like, these styles are just phenomenal, right? Right, right. And this is like an American style IPA milkshake. So you're getting that citra, that mosaic, and you're getting that lactose. So when you pour it, you're getting a little bit of the haze, like that creaminess to it. And it's just a really thick, delicious beer. And I don't know um, if they put a little bit of vanilla in here, but are you getting hints of the vanilla, just a hair? Like I'm getting a little hint of vanilla on this one. And I don't know if it's from the lactose or if they actually added some vanilla to this. But it is a phenomenal beer, man. I mean, it's a golden color. You can't really see through it too much. And it's like it's hitting a little heavy, seven percent, a little bit heavier. That's but... what I that's what I kinda like about the milkshakes though, is that it's uh a smooth, creamy kind of mouthfeel and uh the the flavors are generally just uh, a little more uh apparent than uh in, in another beer form, you know, ales and stuff and uh, so I, I, that's why I lean a lot of times towards sours and, uh, towards milkshakes. Those are, are stuff that really brings out that like, uh, unique and like fun, yeah. uh, uh, flavor of brewing. Whereas like, you know, uh, your, your more typical, you know, IPA is nice. Um, uh, you're generally getting whatever hop that they used, uh, in the IPA, but these ones I love because they can be fun with it and, and be scientific and, and, uh, and really get out there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so cool that people are experimenting with different beers, obviously. Yes. And, and the brewing project, I mean, we've, we've featured them on the show. They're just really great people in general. And we really suggest you go and check them out. They're from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Yeah. And if you I haven't think been there. A lot of their beers, most of the time you're going to, you're going to have to find it closer to them. Um, just because it's just their their reach isn't huge yet you know they're they're still 
trying and and uh and we really recommend you supporting it i mean if you have any any sort of uh, ability to get up near the eau claire area um obviously that festival that's up there the oh eau claire yeah fest, yeah uh, but just amazing stuff, and they're and they're constantly turning really cool stuff. Their tap room is great. Uh, definitely go check it out. I mean, Eau Claire produces some great stuff, right? Yeah. Bon Iver. I mean, you got yeah. freaking Brewing Project, and th- man, their beers are just phenomenal. And so, if you guys see it, the can art's awesome, right? It's like a, mm. it's a, it says the Brewing Project, yeah, and then the, with the um, little gear logo that they, yeah, have the gear logo them. which you're gonna see, and then you're gonna see a little skeleton dude with a hat and a bandana, pretty clutch art. Oh yeah, I mean it, it's definitely eye catching, which is nice because you got so many beers out there right now. I think it's great artwork, and I, yeah. I would definitely grab this can. It's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Anything that, anything that has, the Wisconsin brewing you know kind of like area you just you gotta go for it because you know it's gonna be somebody doing something pretty cool and unique yeah and look for the little logo on the back it says wisconsin craft brewers it's Mm -hmm. like a little black bottle it's like the the logo on there and they are one of them and this one is just phenomenal man i i can't say enough how much i love wisconsin beer like i just i can't i mean every every week we have just the best beer to feature on the show yeah and uh, yeah, this one, um, I swear I've seen it at festival. I don't know if it's there or not, but Eric's yeah. at Total Wine. We also have Everett's by me, which probably does have it because they have a lot Could, of yeah. weird craft beers Could by, be. by yeah. them as well. So if you can find it, amazing. Anything by them. We've we've also reviewed the the Darren Mighty things, the, the DMT. So definitely check out the Brewing Project. Grab a seat, gather around, join us for a chat. How many locos you at? Hey, folks, and welcome to How Many Locos You At. So we have to kind of intro this one. Uh, what, what's what's the combination between uh, Elon Musk, Wisconsin, and uh, DUIs? <laughs> what do you think, Eric? Uh, this guy. Yeah, I mean, this guy, <laughs> but, I mean, he's sort of like, uh, what the hell was that one big cat guy that was oh, nuts? Oh, man, the freaking. I uh, know. I, all I can think of is Carol Baskin. But uh, yeah, Carol Baskin's um yeah. fucking what the hell's his name? Joe, Joe Exotic. Exotic yeah. yeah, yep. This guy is totally looking like a Joe Exotic lookalike here. Uh, With a what does he have on his face? Well, a little Can bit of a Tesla, know? a little bit a of Tesla a Tesla Lolo tattoo. tattoo on his head. Okay, let's do this. Right underneath his uh, left eye, it looks like. Jesus. He also has a tattoo or a, a piercing rather through his nose. I wish he had some tiger tats because he Little does loser. look like Joe Exotic. Loser-esque here. Uh, so let's go ahead and start this one out. An apparent Tesla fanboy who sports the company's logo inked in his cheek uh, was arrested over the holiday weekend and charged with driving under the influence in Illinois. Uh, and no, he was not driving a Tesla. I don't think he can afford one. He doesn't look like he could, but yeah. I, I want to be a dick here. But like. <laughs> As uh, the uh, smoking gun reports, 25-year-old... A uh, man was, according to police, drunk on Thanksgiving when he crashed his uninsured and unregistered 1992 GMC Safari classic. van. Why'd and, you wreck that? <laughs> <laughs> he was arrested early Friday morning and charged with an aggravated DUI, which I haven't seen those very often. But uh, as he was both driving under the influence of alcohol and driving on a suspended license. Oh, gosh. And he was PS'd. Uh, to add uh, insult to injury, the Wisconsin native who uh, now lives outside of Elmhurst, Illinois, had his license suspended over a similar charge in the Badger State Oof. 
and has a pending disorderly conduct misdemeanor there as well. So alongside a number of uh, other vehicle uh, or vehicular rather charges, uh, this guy is not good stuff. Um, though he's definitely not the first person to get a Tesla tattoo logo. Uh, it, Lindsay, uh, or the, the individual rather, uh, does not, uh, or does appear to be the first person who inked their love of Elon Musk on his face. Yeah. Um, he must love Tesla. Big idiot. Big idiot. Um, yeah. And, uh, he was an idiot too for moving to, uh, one of our uh, Elmhurst, least, Illinois, least yeah. favorite places to go on earth here. Yeah. So. Uh, he's also of course not the first Tesla fan to be arrested, uh, nor the first drunk one. So in that respect, this guy's in great company. Um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, we don't have a lot of information here, but we do have he did get a freaking uh, Tesla tattoo on his face. And he has a bunch of other stuff. Uh, like I said, he's definitely sporting other facial tattoos, plus the piercing through, like, the top of his nose. So, I, I, I know we're both kind of Post Malone fans, but the guy looks yeah. like he came from a dumpster. And this guy, like, looks like he might live in the same dumpsters. That he has a lot of shitty face tattoos. Post Malone is at least... Uh, a talented individual. He is. This guy's not this talented. This guy has, hasn't shown me any sort of talent. Uh, in the background of his picture in the article is a GMC Safari van that you can see here. As 92, well. baby. Uh, that thing's clutch. What a classic. <laughs> what a fucking classic. Also, um, he just... I mean, the other tattoos he has... Uh, from these pictures, he's not a soccer not, mom, dude. He needs a minivan. He's not, not a soccer good. mom. He's not a soccer mom, though. He's, he's like, just not a good person. Uh, you know, driving a '92. I'm guessing he doesn't have the best job. He's probably living the low life, to be honest. Like, somebody needs to get some high life and uh, get him back in Wisconsin, and maybe things will change for this guy. And his hair is dyed a fucked ass color. He has a mullet. Like, it, it's, it's bad. grown out. It's like, it's really bad. This so guy it's, is not it's, in good It's shit. not good. No, it's not good at all. So, I mean, the mullet itself is giving me some locals numbers to yeah. add on to it. We so. don't have a, to- a ton of info. No, uh, we really don't. A 25-year-old person and uh, second OWI, uh, very similar charges uh, in the state of Wisconsin. A lot of vehicular stuff. So, he doesn't tend to register vehicles. He doesn't tend to insure them. Uh, he's not a, a real legitimate citizen. It seems like he's kind of a scum of the earth uh, fucking asshole. So, so. What, what are you thinking on this one? I mean, I kind of got a number. I just don't know enough information. You know what That's I mean? That's the thing. Is I, I got I got a number, but I don't think it's going to be. Do you want to go on three and just see what we come up with? Yeah, absolutely. Just... Yeah. Yeah. Three, two, one. Sixteen. Eight. Okay. Whoa. Whoa. You were way higher. Yeah. So, so you, th- you think the Tesla tattoo added into this? Is that what you're thinking? I think he might have gotten it the same night. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I think his 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 decision uh, making abilities is what's playing in here. I I just don't. There's just not enough information. So I was yeah. really wild all over the board on this one. I yeah. I think we have to kind of meet in the middle. Go for a twelve local on this. One. I think twelve. This is, is not a lot of information on this dude. Yeah. Um, the sick mullet, Tesla tattoo. His his inability to make great decisions all throughout his life. He's only twenty five, but man. He just was like legal he made to bad drink. decisions. He made a bad tattoo decision, bad mullet multiple, decision, multiple bad tattoo decisions and piercing decisions, plus mullet, uh, h- mullet, and colored it, and then also like a when GMC you ble- safari, when you bleach man. a mullet, that's adding some local. So I think twelve locals fair. Eric, do you want to yeah. law and order his ass and give yeah. him a gavel, dude? I'm about to pound this gavel so far up this guy's ass, he's fucked. All right, so today we're here with my uh, significant other who is willing to participate in uh, our shenanigans here. <laughs> Rachel, how are you doing? I'm well, how are you? Not too bad. Um, so uh, first off, uh, how do you put up with my bullshit? Oh, you make it easy. You always <laughs> support my uh, 
endeavors. So I think it's tit for tat there. All right. So he's I'll just get... he's just a lovable creature, isn't he? He is. You you <laughs> both are. Cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> So can you tell us a little bit about uh, our farm? And uh, I know I'm not much of the green thumb in the family, and uh, you do a great job planting. Can you tell us what you got going on this year? Yeah, so the name of our farm is Rebel Roost, and the story behind Rebel is got a couple of little factors in it. Um, one is that we do minimal tilling, or another term would be lasagna gardening, where we add organic matter to the soil and try to smother the weeds as much as possible instead of disturbing the soil with a till and uh, killing the microbiome. Um, Another reason why I call ourselves a rebel is we use organic practices, but we're not certified. Um, So that's obviously a plus. You know, you don't have to pay the, the certified organic label but we are you know ethical yeah of our health and stuff like that so yeah and i remember i think it was me and you were watching the um what was it was was it wisconsin foodie where we saw the anarchy acres and it kind of inspired us a little bit yeah you know sticking with heirloom varieties and the slow food movement if you will yeah and um can you tell us a little bit about um you know, what you got going on this year when it comes to vegetables? Because I know I'm not the green thumb in the family. I'm kind of more of the uh, dumb guy that just kind of tills so You're the brown thumb with your thumb in your ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so without rattling off every single thing I've planted, I I was just going to mention a few things. I like to to do a lot of greens, like collards, kale, lettuce, spinach, um, you can always use greens, no matter what time of year. Another thing I like to say that I specialize in is garlic. We grow a German red variety. Um, I like to do braids and stuff with it in the fall. Um, it's good for soups and stir fries, and it's got a sweet, pungent flavor. Um, and then herbs is another uh, is another thing that I hold close to my heart. We do a lot of lavender, dill, mint, and basil. And then, of course, we do peppers and tomatoes, and we try to do pumpkins and melons, too. Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of have a plethora going on at the farm right now, especially with, like, the chickens and uh, all the little other sprouts we have going on, a.k.a. the kids that we have to deal <laughs> with. Yeah, have you guys uh, you guys have grown gourds, uh, different gourds aplenty, right? Yeah, well, we just kind of throw them out there and see what pops up, so it's always a surprise. They tend to hybridize pretty readily. Yeah, we've had some freaky uh, pumpkins with some sweet zits on them, so. <laughs> <laughs> Hot warts. We made a melon wine one time, too, that turned out pretty good. Yeah, that was actually pretty good. What did we call it? Um, Melanian Trump or something like that? What did we call it? <laughs> it was pretty good wine, though. Yeah, you yeah, guys have always been. sweet. You guys have always been really good about. Uh, coming up with names for the different things that you come up with that, 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 you know, if you put it on tap or something like that, yeah, really cool. Yeah. We need to get back into that a little bit more. Yeah. I don't think we've really brewed or made our apple cider every year. Like we usually do in a while, but when it comes to that, um, where can we find you guys? Um, where can we find, I guess our farm at the, um, uh, farmer's markets, which ones are going to be at this year? You think? So 
this year I'm going to try the, the Rock County Farmer's Market, which is on Sundays. Awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then um, I know we used to be at the Janesville Farmer's Market. We're not doing that this year, correct? Right. We're going to oh. keep our Saturdays for the family. All right, Rach. Thank you so much for talking about our little farm that we have. And um, if you want, we're gonna put the word out too. If you, anyone, any of our listeners need some eggs, and you guys are in the Rock County area, stop on by and grab some because we uh, have a, a eggs a plenty. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yep. But sounds good, guys. So before we let you go, we gotta ask uh, how Wisconsin are you, Rachel? And uh, you're willing to participate? Sure. Okay. I'll give it a shot. Sounds good. Um, I know you've been to Summerfest. Uh, do you have a memorable band that you've seen there? Oh, you know, I've seen the Grateful Dead there. <laughs> Great. But yes. I think the best shows are when you just kind of stumble upon them because there's so much going on there at Summerfest. There is, and, and it's never it's never the same lineup any year, so it's always nice to see uh, something that you've never seen before. So it's cool to just walk up in front of a stage and listen and just, and, and yeah. yeah, it's very so organic. One, mem- one really memorable moment I had there was when I saw, I was there for the Grateful Dead, but I saw, oh, Eric, is it O-A-R or do you say O-R? Yeah. O-A-R. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Of a revolution yeah. is what it stands for. The crowd was just, so amped and I don't know it was the atmosphere I think that really got me and that's a really memorable moment I had at Summerfest yeah Rachel we we really haven't had a chance to go to supper clubs but uh, do you have a favorite one you've been to maybe in a past time hmm I know you lived close to Duck Inn so I was wondering if you ever went there I think Duck Inn is the only supper club I've been to wow either that or what's the one on uh, Delavan uh God, they have a name for it, but I always just call it Delvin Lake. But Yeah, I don't know which one it is, by Lake Lawn, kind of. Is that Lake Lorraine? Is that Lake Lorraine, kind of? No. no. I, I don't remember the damn name of it, but it's right over by uh, Lake Lawn, uh, kind of on, on on that side of Delavan, and it's. Uh, I thought maybe you had been to that one, too, but it, yeah, obviously, Duck Inn is... It, that one is definitely a very... Uh, uh, I mean, that's, that's as suburb club as it gets. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and then I know we've been on some pretty cool brewery, te- brewery tours together, even though I know you're not a drinker anymore, which is completely fine yeah. in my book. Uh, do you have a brewery tour that we went on that you remember a lot? I think I like the new Glarus one because there was a lot of outside, mm-hmm. another just really cool atmosphere. Was I that had. the one where Eric told his bad joke? How, what was it? Yeah. I want I want two women and a beer. Is that yeah. the one? Because they have that beer, two women. Oh, nice. And then what uh, a great facility though. It's like high class. It's super beautiful great. out there too. Yeah. Okay, and then before we let you go, um, Rach, um, is there like, I guess you know when it comes to beer brats, I know we don't make brats often at the house. I know I do probably more. Is there a <laughs> beer you recommend we use? that we need to try at least in the beer brat yeah i'm just going by what my mom always did and it was miller light baby yeah that's kind of me too that's kind of the one i started with i think we talked about that before eric where we and then i moved to paps because i was broke when i was out of the house so (laughs) you try not to ruin a good beer 
by, you know, boiling the hell out of something. So, yeah, I mean, Miller Lite or PBR or something kind of in that light range that's, you know, 10 or $15 a cube only, you know? It's pretty flavorful, too. It is. Miller Lite. And, you know, my grandpa used it for beer-battered fish, too. That's actually a good thing with some shore lunch. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's got to be good. But Rach, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us about the farm and uh, about a few things. And uh, I love you. I'll see you soon. And uh, <laughs> thank you for coming on the podcast and being a good sport. Yeah, no problem. Have a good day, guys. Yep, you too. All right, bye. All right, bye. Bye. All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.